Okay, it's very compressed, got a lot of concept orientation, not a lot of not a lot of wiggle room, right? If I was to take that representation and mobilize it into IR, can you appreciate the fact that I would be emphasizing the current strategy? Um, so I have a question regarding elongating bones using the late representation. Hey, hey, one more time, sorry. Elongating bones using the late uh -huh. representation. Yeah. So a lot of times these bones, um, Proximal end twists to ER, distal twins, distal end twists to IR, and then gets screwed down. Screwed down. So eventually you want the differential to end up back at IR proximally and ER distally. Um, and when we use the late representation, that would be the opposite. And so I'm just wondering from like a, I guess, I don't know, practical or theoretical perspective, how does the late representation lengthen it while it's already too much of a differential? Okay. So how much downward pressure would be in the, in the compressed representation of a bone? A lot. Okay. So all I got to do is, is I got to take the pressure off of it. There's two places where I can do that. Proximal and distal end? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, early, late. Early or late. Those are the, so that's the least amount of IR under both circumstances. I'm going after early on the first try. But there's a problem with that sometimes is I can't capture that position. So it's much easier for me to go to the late representation, which is the elongated decompressed representation, because it's still ER and it still has less IR on it. Put your foot out in front of you, put your foot behind you, right? Those are ER representations. Mm -hmm. They have less IR on them. Sure. It's the left side going up on a wide ISA. Right, that's what you're shooting for. the The ER to IR, the ER to IR. Let's use the femur as an example. It's always going to be an ER to IR, right? Under all circumstances, it's just a matter of degree of how much of, of each is represented, right? When you twist it, just just to eliminate confusion, right? It's like when you pull on somebody's leg. When you pull on somebody's leg, can you appreciate the fact that you're in an ER position when you do that? whether they're supine or whether they're prone. <clears throat> it's the same thing we're talking about with that with arm swing. It's like you're yeah. moving you're moving the limb into an ER, less IR representation to create the ER position so I can capture eventually, if relative motion is a goal, the, the early propulsive representation. Okay, so um, there's like two types of things I might do manually. One, pulling on whatever in an ER orientation. Pulling on whatever. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Shocking <laughs> approach. Um, or, or two, try and push the proximal end into IR. Okay. If you're, so think about this for a sec. All right. To, to push down on the femur, you have to be over top of it, so to speak. Right. Okay. And that's going to, that's going to create a more IR representation most proximally. So think about taking the neck from 120 degrees of 
of a straight plane representation to 90, like just push down on it. So, so the neck would be this way and you push down on it and it's like that. So if you're mm -hmm. starting there, if you're starting there, okay, and you try to push it into IR, you're going to be quite successful, number one, because it's already kind of getting pushed into that position. Okay. When you're, when you're going to mobilize into IR, you want to make sure that you do something that promotes the ER representation first. That makes sense? Yeah. It may be as simple as just acquiring the position. So for instance, if I put you in a low oblique, Okay? And I put you in an ER, ER position through the hips and the low oblique. The setup of the activity literally creates the starting conditions that I want to be able to mobilize your hip into an IR position. So I could take somebody that would be anteriorly oriented. I could put them in a right low oblique sit, immediately capture the ER representation. I've taken the pressure off. I have oriented them into ER, and then I can actually have them you know, mobilize themselves into the IR representation to drive the IR towards the pelvis. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as, as far as there's like a pretty significant bony twist where it's starting to get compressed way down, you're going to spend some time on the ER elongation before trying to move them towards IR. Yes. Yes. Because the, because the, because the, because it, you're, it, it's a compressed representation, right? And the, the concern that I have is that what I don't want to do. So think about, think about, take the fibers. We're going to, we're going to pick on the muscle. We're going to take the fibers of the, of the glute meat that are, that go straight up from the trochanter and then take everything that's anterior. Okay. So all of those fibers. Okay. If I was anteriorly oriented. Okay. Those fibers would be concentrically oriented. Fair. Okay. Um, I would have a downward compression on the femur under that circumstance that would bend the neck right, towards a 90 degree angle, okay? That would be a representation where there's actually no movement in the hip joint itself, right? Okay, it's very compressed, got a lot of concentric orientation, not a lot of, not a lot of wiggle room, right? If I was to take that representation and mobilize it into IR, can you appreciate the fact that it would be emphasizing the current strategy? Yeah. Because the anterior glute med would already be concentrically oriented, and I'm gonna push the trochanter into that same position and potentially do nothing, gain nothing, right? Okay. However, however, if I can recapture the ER representation, I now have an, an, an ER representation. I mobilize it in that direction. I won't necessarily pick up the, the, the compensatory strategy, and I will start to produce the relative motion at the hip joint. You see the difference? It's it, it it's the representation of where you're starting that mobilization. It's like, do so, I want to start it in a compensatory strategy and drive harder into it, or do I want to start where I have greater relative motion, and then I can start to influence the synovial joint that I'm actually mobilizing? Because the first first synovial joint that I was trying to mobilize didn't have any relative motion available to it. Like it was already in a compressed representation. There's no movement in, in available, right? So, okay, so create space and then give or use the space to orient IR. And there you go. Well, well sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. I, I knew what you meant. It's okay. <laughs>
Here's this week's note card. Okay. Um, off topic, completely off topic. As you work with more and more people and uh, over more time, you gather more and more info. Uh, the program probably evolves more. How do you go by organizing? Because I'm a big fan of pen and paper. I'm not good with technology at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, part, apart from me trying to be a more well-organized person, is there something like a model I could use to categorize uh, my info and add on the previous? You know what I'm trying to describe? No. Are you I'm just are you are you trying to are you trying to capture information, categorize it, and store it? Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you're you're a paper and pen guy. Oh yeah. Okay. So here's this week's note card. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I should probably just I should write I should write this story up. Uh, my my high school English teacher just died recently, and she's the one that actually taught me how to use note cards. And this is back when you had to use note cards because we didn't have these really cool apps. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, you see that you see my little file system back there. See that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, so I just categorize everything in note cards. Um, uh, you've been to a library? Yeah, not it, much, but yeah. Okay, at least once in your life you've been to a library. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know how they categorize books by number? Mm, yeah. Okay. So what you do is so you create category. And it doesn't matter like there's like you just figure out your way you figure out categories and you assign them a number and then okay. as, as you acquire information you document it somewhere and you give it a number based on what category it fits into so if it's anatomy or something like that so anatomy is 1.100 1. okay mm. just so you know. like that's where anatomy is and so everything falls but then it gets like it gets a 1.1 something something number in in that in that category and that's how you like file system over time yeah um that's how i do it okay right okay and then anytime you read something anytime you read something um like uh like like a, a paper or an author then you want to you know what a bibliography is yeah yeah okay so then you create a bibliography um that is attached to like so hang on let me just grab one uh, here so there's a bibliography card right there um but so i have a bibliography uh, catalog and then i got let me see if i got something interesting so this is this is an archetype card okay see it and then down at the yeah. bottom i put a little reference so I know where where the information is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you just create it yourself. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Having said that, having said that, I am not an I'm not good at apps because I am old. I'm old. Okay. Um, and and um, I, I it's really important that you do this the hard way. Mm. Okay, you got to do it the hard way. Writing by hand is harder than typing, but it works better from 
making connections and, yeah. and a level of understanding. So, so you learn better when it's harder. This is why this is why people don't like to read because reading is an unnatural act, mm. right? Like, like we, yeah. we created reading and so our brains were not designed to read. And so it's very, very difficult, but like reading a real book with real pages that you have to turn and do the uh, thingy, you know, um, that's the way, that's the way you want to accumulate information. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, really what, people, what people do now is they, is they skim everything. Right, they use they use skimming strategies when they they claim to have read things, um, but if it's digital, you you don't read the same way as you do print. And so I write things down. Like uh, anybody that's ever been, uh, let's see, Manuel's been the intensive, Alex has been the intensive. Um, so anybody that's been the intensive knows that I that they get a notebook. Like. And, and and I I I tell them I said I said take notes like they do it by hand. Yeah, um, it, it I, want, I, you. I want it to suck. I just want it to be horrible and miserable and just massive amounts of struggle, and and, and suffering and pain and because that's that's the best way to learn. It's not the easiest way. Like easy doesn't doesn't promote the retention and the 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 emotional attachment to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. attached. I am very attached to my note cards. They're very meaningful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how it, it, it also, I feel like it, it helps you as you are writing down, it helps you to see your thoughts more clearly than to just. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. But like I said, like, the people don't like to do that because it's much yeah. harder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One last thing. Okay. I do have, I do have electronic apps. Um, that, I like the fact that you go, there's you so much electronic. There's so much electronic information yeah. that that when you like you have to work quickly sometimes. And and so like if I have to download a paper or something like that, I do have a place where I capture that, but I but I ultimately take that information and I transfer it to note cards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So like okay. um, um oh heck, just I use my phone um quite a bit. The uh the what you call it on the notes. The notes on your phone yeah. use that for, for like quick thoughts. And then um, if I, if I need to capture a paper, I use Evernote. Okay. Um, and then if I, if I have to capture like a, like a question and an answer or a thought, I will use Obsidian. Okay. Obsidian. Okay. But, but everything in everything in, that, that starts out electronic always becomes analog. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, you got to be really careful. Like people just randomly throw heel lifts in. And unfortunately, they go, "Oh, you have a short leg. Well, let's put a heel lift in." It's like, well, if you're a wide ISA that's already forward on the right, guess what? You just made the problem worse. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neuro coffee in hand, and it is perfect. Good morning. Greetings. Um, okay, so I had a YS, wide ISA patient yesterday who I was trying to do like a left-right cable chop with their right foot in front of them to the inside heel. Left to right cable chop. Uh, where uh, is the cable uh, relative to their person? Is it in front of them? Okay, gotcha. Right foot um, forward, right foot forward, chop into the right heel? Yeah. Awesome. 
So their their feet are like flattened the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're very late. Um, I I was thinking that elevating the heel would assist with this, um, and it didn't. It made it harder. So I'm trying to figure out why that would be. Basically. Okay, so where the so where is the IR hitting the ground? Like if 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 they're so the arch is very low to the ground, correct? Yeah. Okay. Where 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 would you perceive the IR to be resting on the ground? Everywhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, so do you have do you have a rear foot adaptation, or does it appear to be more of a midfoot adaptation, or do you have like a bunion? Uh, no bunion. Okay, so, so that's good. Rear foot. And, it's not all the way forward. So it's not yeah, all the way rear forward. foot and midfoot. Okay. Do you, do you have the the rear foot adaptation? You gotta. Like a calcaneal shape change that that would kind yeah. of yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Did you did you reduce that first? Uh, not specifically. My I think my assumption was partially that this would assist with that a tiny bit and kill two birds with one stone kind of thing yeah yeah okay how much elevation do you need under this circumstance to get the foot to change shape uh don't know okay so that might be a little bit of a question mark right um other than that did you get an er shaped foot when you did do the heel elevation it it kicked it a little bit towards that Okay, so all right, so like I said, th- that that expression right there kind of lends me to maybe you just need a little bit more elevation. But number two, think about what you're also trying to do. <clears throat> okay, so you're you're going to use an, a reduced ER or reduced IR foot position, and you're going to drive an IR on top of it. Mm-hmm. So so again, you and again, I'm okay with the conflict because I understand what you're trying to do, but. Um, Again, that might be part of the part of the issue. What you may need to do is actually do this in pieces. Okay. Right? Think think about the the degree of coordinative capabilities of this human being that has no sensation of how that foot should move in the first place. Right. <clears throat> and so you, you may have to account for that. Right. Get the get the rear foot in a, in a really good position first. Um, you may be able to actually capture some of the IR that you're that you're going after just by doing like the just like translating the tibia over the foot with the the uh, max P foot representation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that may may actually be helpful. You you could get some tibial IR um, relative to the starting conditions. That actually might buy you the IR more proximal as well. Either way, like if you capture it that way, awesome. If I get the better foot and tibial representation, remember you got to stack all this stuff up on top of that foot. It might make the chop easier. Can can I drive the whole tibial IR thing if I don't get the calcaneal representation first? Well, you you can you can turn it in that direction, but what's going to happen is you're going to drag everything with it, right? So the knee, 
the 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 femur is going to try to follow the tibia. You're not going to get the you're not going to get as enough relative motion with it because chances are it's going to go too fast, right? The 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 IR is going to when you have a foot that looks like this, right? You don't you don't have the relative motion in the foot, which is why you're seeing the adaptive representation of the foot, and so it's just going to drag the the femur into IR with it. The goal is to get the relative motion. That's why I'm saying you got to slow down a little bit okay. and make sure that you got the foot representation first, then translate the tibia. Oh, gotcha. And you, you see, you see how you're, you're, you got to stack it up because if, if the foot goes as a, as a, as a single uh, entity, so is the knee, you're not going to get the differential that you want. Okay. Yeah. I was also thinking about this in terms of um, wide ISAs go up and they need to come back down to where their center of mass uh -huh. originally was. Um, up on the left? Say again? Up on the left. So what do they do on the right side? Okay. So think about the first move. Okay. So the first move holds them down. Like they're already, they're, they already have a low center of gravity, right? Their first move is going to take advantage of that and put them, back them on down the on the right. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Now, if the left side is higher, then there's no, there's no unload of that right side as they move forward. So what you're going to get there is the compensatory IR to ER at the at the uh, one at the knee and then eventually at the hip. It'll be bottom up from the from the knee. You're, you'll see the magnification of the IR at the femur relative to the tibia. Yeah, and for sure. You'll see, you'll see that you'll see the magnification of ER moving upward towards the hip. Yeah, I, I see that. I feel like I see that all the time. Uh, you do see it all the time because that those are the people that they run out of spaces and then they come in and they go, hey, Alex, it hurts right here. Yeah. Uh, so I was, so they go forward on yes, the sir. right side, but they're not, they're not really going up because they're stuck down. They can't go, like, yeah, they, they, so you have to unweight. So the, <clears throat> this is why the left side goes up on a, on a wide ISA on, that's moving on the oblique because they, you are un, literally unweighting. It's a spring, right? They, like they walk around with a compressed spring, mm -hmm. like literally by structure, right? Take a picture in your head, take a picture of your head of the helical orientation of a wide ISA. They are smashed down. They are a smashed spring. It's like, as soon as I shift over to one side, bong, it goes up, right? Okay. At, at what point does that right side get unweighted? Never. Okay, so as they as they move forward, all you're going to see are these adaptive turns that allow them to move into that that forward space. Hmm. Okay. So why why would a heel lift not help? Well, why it help help what? What are you trying to What are you trying to do with a heel lift, boss? You trying to Are you trying to get the heel closer to the ischial tuberosity? No. Okay, that's what would happen, right? Hmm. 
Yeah, because so I was I was trying to bring the sacral base back, and that was easier without the heel lift. Well, the heel lift's not going to let them go back, is it? It's going to it's going to it's going to keep their center of mass forward towards the the anterior aspect of the foot. So, like I said, all it's going to do is raise the heel towards the initial tuberosity. You're not going to get you're not going to get an, a, a, a decompression on that side. You're just going to squeeze it closer together. Mm. You see it? Sort of. You don't want to push them forward if they're already going forward. They, so can't, un they can't unweight that side. So if you put a heel lift in, the right side does not go up. You are literally just squeezing the, the right shoulder and the right heel closer together. Like that, like you're not going to get an elevation on that side. There's too much weight on that side. Wouldn't that be technically unweighted relative to a middle representation? It, it would move them. It would so you're you're going to push them towards whatever light. I mean, their chances are they're already in a light representation, and you're going to stick them there. Like you're not going to give them any opportunity to shift the center of gravity back at all on that right side you'll get a magnification of, you, you might get a further magnification of the ER compensatory strategy, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, you'll, you'll twist an acetabulum into ER, you'll bend the femur into ER, knee will follow, right? Yeah, you gotta be really careful. Like people just randomly throw heel lifts in, unfortunately. They go, oh, you have a short leg. Well, let's put a heel lift in. It's like, well, if you're a wide ISA that's already forward on the right, guess what? You just made the problem worse. Hmm. Like, like a lot worse, actually. So you do it like a whole shoe lift. Yes. Okay, so let, let's back up a step. Let's go to your chopping activity. Okay. Guys just if put their foot on a thing. Ah, yes. Okay. Now you've actually unweighted that side. You see the difference? Big difference. Yeah. Big difference between the two. You see it? Yeah. Yeah. Now you understand the difference of putting somebody's foot up on a box versus just elevating the heel. Hmm. Yeah. That, that would be a great strategy. And that might be like the answer, right? Like, if, if you put your, if, watch the foot, put the foot up on the box in a, in a reduced gravity situation. That's essentially what you're doing is you're taking gravity away from the foot. Put the foot up on the box. What does the foot look like? Like if the foot shape gets better, there you go. Then you don't have to actually do the mobilization. Yeah. Okay. Right. So just run the experiment in clinic. So, so I understand conceptually how pushing them towards late on the right side with the heel lift would like yep. punch them down. Yep. Can you can you just visually walk me through it a tiny bit? So I have a better mental image. Sure. Do you, do you mind standing up? Not at all. Okay. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna say hi to Jim Laird um, while uh, Alex is getting himself situated. Hi, Jim. Haven't seen you in a long time, but you look good. You should you should you should lift weights. <sighs> All right. So, oh, this is awesome. Okay. So uh, we don't need to see what your legs are doing because we'll be able to kind of picture this. All right. So we're going to exaggerate this for effect though. Okay. Can you see yourself on camera? Yeah. Awesome. So you can see where your head is relative to the door, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. 
Um, you, I want you to make a like a Barbie foot, like a stiletto heel on the right side. Like so, you're gonna go way up onto the onto the uh, the ball of your foot. Okay, just on the right side. Okay, so you should feel yourself go up. Yeah. Awesome. And you see your head go up towards the towards the door. Awesome. Okay, come back down. Okay. Now, don't let your knee bend. Don't let your knee bend. Okay. I want you to do the exact same thing with your foot, but don't change your height. And I want you to tell me where you have to bend to stay at the same height and elevate the heel at the same time. Like crunching through my spine. Ah, yes. 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 That's what's going to happen with the heel left on the wide ISA that is forward on the right-hand side. Okay. It does not alleviate pressure. It increases the pressure. It will increase the compensatory strategy. You will, and if you measure them on the table, if you measure them on the table, you're going to get a whole bunch of ER and no IR. Okay? Okay. You see it? Yeah. I would agree that you probably got you probably got ER at the tibia because when you make a when you make an isolated adjustment at the knee you can you can alleviate the symptom. Are you solving are you solving the problem? Are you solving the problem? Morning. Greetings. Um, so I'm going to restore order to the universe and ask you about an ACL patient of mine since I took. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a girl back from college starting up a rehab with me over the summer um, about six months out from a left ACL surgery um, hamstring graft so um, what we noticed yesterday is when she's doing like a bridge I had like single leg put on a foam roller just doing like a bridge activity um, she was getting like on a foam roller but it was not a foam roller mm. you ever um, done that I'm sorry have you ever done that yourself? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that I I, I just was going to bring that up. <laughs> that that's a horrible, miserable, torturous exercise to do to people. <laughs> Go ahead. Um. So, in addition to the torture of her hamstrings, um, what she was reporting was like IT band tightness, like lateral knee, um, just felt like very very tight on the left side when she was doing it, but not on the right. Um. Yeah. We were able to get it to go away immediately. Like I just noticed her, her, on both sides, her toes and her foot was just oriented into ER by just yeah. bringing it back to midline. Um, that took away all of the tightness. Yeah. But I guess my question is like, if she was doing it on both sides, trying to figure out why she only feels it on the left side mm -hmm. and not on the right. And mm -hmm. I guess other like kind of things just of note, if it's helpful to figure out like what's going on with her. Um, number one, she's someone that I've struggled to get full knee flexion and she, she hasn't had it ever since surgery. Um, probably missing about like five, 10 degrees. Um, even when I feel like I've recaptured the motion everywhere else, um, just kind of can't get that last little bit. Um, uh -huh. and then she has also demonstrated a similar lateral knee pain. Um, her entire rehab, she has said like doing any sort of single leg hopping, um, okay on the way like not as she goes down into like loading into it on the way back up um uh -huh. we've been able to get rid of that in the last two weeks 
um, just you know, working on like or like the proximal orientation she was using with different things. But I cannot get rid of the bridge pain unless unless it's just literally turning the foot. Okay, so are you using an exaggerated position of the foot? Um, in terms of what she was using at baseline with the tightness, or what I did to get rid of to alleviate it. What do you, what do you, so you're so you you can get rid of the symptom, right? Uh, so I I am squaring it to like my perception of what straight ahead would be for her. Okay, and then that and that resolves it completely. Yeah. Okay, so. So why is this still a problem for you? I'm just trying to figure out why like she can get like get away with it on the other side, but not on this side in terms of having Oh, I see. So you're thinking that the two sides are the same. Um, I'm not like I know there's different things going on each side, but I feel okay. I guess in my head, I feel like that is <laughs> should be able to do and not have discomfort with, but then also figuring out is potentially right. the flexion deficit. Right. Okay. All right. So what's different? Come on, man. <laughs> you kind of answered it as you like as you were explaining it. It's like, oh, he's going to answer his own question just by talking out loud. Um. Talk me through it. No, okay. So, so you've got you've got. I, I, a, she can't. She can't get the tibial IR. Okay, but you you've got a couple of scenarios. You had you had an upright scenario on the ground, right? That that was also producing the symptom, correct? Uh, she she's like she's saying it's not the same exact feeling to her, like sensation wise, but it's in the same location. Okay, so you've got an upright symptom and you've got a torturous miserable horrible you know like it, it probably came out of like world war ii they came up with that one um so all right but you but both have resolved correct um the upright symptoms have resolved the like bridge symptom resolved with the modification of the midline but if she goes back out then she still feels it awesome okay so so when you're you've done a chessboard on her all right i'm assuming um hey dwight can you mute please um you, so you've got a chessboard and so you, you should have an understanding of what your proximal representation is right okay what's the difference between the two sides um so she is someone that with on the right hip, narrow ISA, right hip is like zero degrees of IR when she came in, but she had like a pretty exaggerated left IR of like 20, 25 degrees. Um, uh -huh. And then uh -huh. ERs were both pretty shot on both sides. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. So, so what, and, and this may still be an issue. It may still be an issue. What do you got going on? Like why, when, when she's driving through the left leg, okay, in upright, what do you got going on? Um, just an inability to capture the proximal IR without an orientation on that side. Okay, so so you've got an anti-orientation on the left side for sure. I, I think that that, I think it's pretty clear actually, yeah. based on the, your description. Okay, here's your concern is, 
um, how is she going to in initiate the ER on that left side? How is she going to initiate? Do you have an ER deficit? Yes. Okay. So, so this this is why you know it's an anti orientation. If you've got the ER deficit, right? How is she going to try to capture the ER? And in part, it's the proximal ER twist of the tibia. This okay, that's one. Okay, keep going. Which way? <laughs> well, okay, you've got an ER deficit, so so you're going to magnify ER somewhere else, correct? Yeah. Okay, so now we got to just figure out. It's like, okay, where is all this compensatory ER showing up? The same, I would the same. agree that you probably got you probably got ER at the tibia because when you make a when you make an isolated adjustment at the knee you can you can alleviate the symptom. Are you solving are you solving the problem? Are you solving the problem? No. Okay. So so where else where else is the compensatory ER going to start showing up? You got that. Will she have that same proximal twist in the femur? Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Okay. You understand? Yes. Okay. Now, here's your other pickle. Where else is she going to try to ER? Uh, You're going to do something fabulous today with her. Are you seeing her today? Tomorrow. But Tomorrow. Okay. Close enough. So, you're going to do something fabulous with her, and you're going to pick up a ton of ER tomorrow. But, but, but what? But you're going to lose that IR. Which I'm okay with initially. Are you really? Man, I'd go I for guess. a home run. I would. I would kill this if I were you. <laughs> That's fine. Like, here. Here's what. Here's what I want you to think about. Hang on a second. So, all right, she's a narrow. Yep. Okay. She's a narrow. Where where is the ER and the femur magnified to its greatest degree? Where where you got IR at the knee right now, boss? Distal femur. Uh huh. Where you got IR and the lumbar spine? Uh, like L five S one, like just yeah. It's all the way down, isn't it? You're 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 getting warm here. You're really getting warm. The, th the thing you're going to be careful if you get a massive amount of ER tomorrow, right? Yeah. Like a, a big return and the IR disappears. That's going to be your spine. Okay. Right. Which means, which means, hang on, which means that she still has the original downward and forward compression on the spine. Can you say that part again, please. Okay. She's a narrow ISA. Yep. What's the first move? Forward on the left. Down and forward on the left. Yep. If you pick up a massive amount of ER, she's still she's still pressing down and forward on the left. You didn't get her to come back on the left-hand side. Okay. You understand? She's using a compensation 
to pretend to come back, right? That's what the spine does. The spine says, hey, this pelvis isn't moving. The sacrum is not moving relative to the ilium, but I'm going to become the sacrum. And yep. it's going to, you see it? Okay. So you make the little adjustment at the knee, you can alleviate the symptom. But like I said, you're not resolving the problem. Uh -huh. Think about where the pressure is coming from. Think about the sequence of adaptation just on the left side. Like first move, left side. Okay. Uh -huh. That's where you got to go. Are you doing something manually to get this? Or is this an exercise you're thinking of? I don't know. It's not my patient, Zach. What, what, if I were you, what would I do, Zach? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like I'm trying to get something. Well, so hang on, hang on. You're, you're probably going to figure this out in real time. Okay. You give her a shot, right? You always give her a chance. See if she can do it herself. Okay. Check the outcome. Mm -hmm. right? The outcome, miserable failures clinically lead you to the next thing to do, right? It's like, it's not a failure of like banging your head on the steering wheel kind of failure. It's like, it's like, oh, here's how she responded to the activity that I gave her. This is probably going to be the strategy she's going to try to use. Do I like this strategy? Do I not like this strategy? Well, how do you know? Well, do I get relative motion back or did I get a big bias in one direction or the other? If I get the big bias of IR, you go, oh, she's crazy anteriorly oriented. If I get the big bias in ER, you go, oh, she's she's bending her spine and turning towards me as I take the measure. It's like, it just tells you what to do next. So if she can't, if she can't capture it herself with relative motions, then you might want to consider an alternative uh, tactic which would probably not be an activity. That would probably be you doing something. You understand? Yes. Yeah. I understand conceptually. Mm -hmm. I feel like you had like something in your head that seemed like it was like the apparent next thing to try. And I'm struggling to see like, like I have a number of activities in my head. No, chances are, chances are you're going to have to give her a little bit of an assist. Okay. To reduce some of the, some of the orientation. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. So I, I've done work on the left side to try to help re reduce the anterior orientation and that. And, and, and okay. Now, did you do it sequentially? Um, not sure. Actually, I did glute med and iliacus on that side in that order. Keep going. So is or higher up. Yeah. Then check the left upper quarter. After you do that, check the left upper quarter and see if you get a change there too. Okay. 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 You got stuff. You got stuff on the left side here, right? Think about how far forward she was on that left left hand side, right? It's not just going to be pelvis. You get it? Gotcha. So just bringing this back to the initial question, like the the concentric orientation proximally that was driving her forward there was still creating enough of a twist at the knee that like 
she was getting that that influence where she didn't have it on the right side anymore, presumably because I had her off the right side by then. Yep. Okay. 